This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast. The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The funniest player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers them for real. It's like when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious or not. Yes, we deserve this win, man. Fox Sports 5, flying high in both teams. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate, and just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, it's about a decade and a half, then being the first team to actually get to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento like that. That's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It is uh, it's Christmas week, man, and NBA tip-off week. That's a weird thing, I actually think. It's like kind of weird that it's happening at the same time. It is. And you know, I- I'm shocked that I didn't hear this from you or any talk about it. Maybe I missed you throwing this out on Twitter. There was a Cole Anthony game winner? Did I did not. This? No, I didn't. I'm not aware of that. But yeah. I know that I did draft him in our dynasty league. So unsurprisingly, uh, yeah, we had a game winner for Cole Anthony and Okoro in the preseason. Feeling good. Yeah, I'm gonna be like super wrong about Okoro. Uh, I already accepted that. I'm, I'm wrong about Cole too. It's fine. It's fine. It's um, all fine, everybody. <laughs> um. Yeah, and, you know, there was a little bit of roster news for the Kings. Frank Kaminsky was cut, um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't anything that I saw from Frank in the preseason that changed any opinions or made me think he needed a spot on the roster. No, um, no, no. I think that it made a lot of sense for him to be cut. Um, Yeah, so we were down to... The breakdown right now is there is 14 fully guaranteed contracts. 
and then Glenn Robinson's partial guarantee, and he's been confirmed to have, quote, made the team uh, from James Ham. So, you know, like I think it's just, it's being telegraphed that that, you know, he's on the team. He's, he's He will not be cut. So that's 15. And then there's uh, Chimizu Metu, who is very minimally guaranteed and is the 16th guy. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you think, like, I've heard some people think he's going to get the two-way. What do you think is going to happen with, with Metu? I mean, I think that the spot that would make sense for me is the two-way. Um, you know, they get to play – I believe it's 50 of the 72 games this season, so it could just be a little bit of some center depth. Um, I mean, depth is going to be important this year, and I think they could use one more guy at the five, I guess. I think if Matthew stays, it's a two-way. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I, I kind of want him to stay on the main roster because his contract is so appealing. He just has a $50,000 guarantee for this current season. Um, which bumps up to, I believe, half a million at a certain date midseason and two years, um, like, fully non-guaranteed going forward, which would be it'd be handy to have that as, like, a flexibility tool. Yeah, why not? And, you know, he's he's young, and I guess there's some okay aspects to his game, but the the youth he's working with is is the type of flyer that I think Sacramento also should look towards a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't mind Medu. I don't think he's a difference maker or anything. Again, we're talking about end of the roster, but I'm fine with him staying and definitely prefer him over Frank. Yeah, and Vince Edwards, I believe, was cut recently as well. Since our last episode, Quentin Rose was cut before that um, a while back now. So, And I don't think we ever we never saw Edwards actually suit up, so no surprise there. Would you, like, I wonder why they haven't announced – uh, uh, Metu because you think they're maybe trying to do something or, or, or trade somebody or I don't know like would you consider I don't know like would you consider just cutting Jabari instead and, and having I don't know I mean is there anything you would do other, other than just cut Metu here I mean uh, other than sign him to the two way well I mean I I get so there's also the prospect of like a lot of decently intriguing guys have been waived this week as the roster cuts have so like mm-hmm. Dequan Jeffries was signed after you know last preseason being cut by the Magic and maybe the Kings could Zaire Smith or something yeah I think he got what did he get picked up by Memphis and then cut. By them, with I'm assuming that they're they did that to get his G League uh, affiliation. I don't know. I mean, would you? I don't know. I, I'm just thinking it's interesting that they haven't announced anything about it. Yeah, and there's probably better. Like if you're looking for a young player, as you know, potentially hoping he turns into something. I would prefer that not be a center. Um, you know, we've we've said a bunch on this pod, kind of the value of centers. Um, and he's meant to certainly nothing special. So, I mean, I definitely would be more a fan of looking to develop, like, a wing prospect rather than, than a center in Metu. Yeah, I guess there's part of me that's hoping there's some, like, Corey Joseph trade or uh, Jariah Parker trade or maybe even, like, a Bealitsa deal 
And then, and then that's who you've got his like super flexible contract. But anyway, we spent too much time. I mean, some people think maybe Justin James should be cut. I'm not in that camp personally. So I don't know. We can move on from this, but this is just to kind of, kind of, uh, square away our season preview here because we're going to go through every player at every position and kind of give our predictions or our, our, our initial analysis of what we think that they're going to give. Sacramento Kings this year. For now, do you want to leave Metu just out of off the list? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think there's multiple guys that could be, you know, minimum contributions. Yeah, that seems fair to me. Um, and that would be Metu and Justin James. Mm-hmm. Um, what? No. Let's just let's leave Metsu off. I don't think he's part of the fifteen. Okay. And unless let's, let's go through, let's give everyone else a fair shake. I, I got some defense of uh, Justin James. I'm happy to get to. Um, but the way we've done this in the past is gone by position. So if you want to do that, do you want to start with point guards and go up, or centers and work our way down? Um, let's start with point guards. Be a little more exciting at the start. Um, do you want to go with the the big the big boy to start. Do you want to go with De'Aaron Fox or? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Why don't you kick us off here? What what sort of value do you think? I mean, I would assume this is the highest value guy um, De'Aaron Fox brings to the team this year. Yeah. So what we've done in the past, and we did this each of the last two seasons before before the season started, is we gave kind of a a best guess of like a a value for their contribution for the team, but we think that they will play too. And I believe we both agreed Fox is like the equivalent of a max guy. Um, And I think for me, you know, like an average starter is probably like somewhere around 20 million in terms of their contribution, what they would, would deserve probably Um, like an elite bench player is closer to 15 An average bench players like 10 million or, or a good bench player is like 10 million. Average bench guys like five million and like end of bench, you know, you're looking at minimums. I mean, I I don't want to be controversial at the top here, but I I'll be honest with you that I'm like a little bit worried about Darren Fox. In in what aspect of being the guy on a team? Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit worried that I mean he just got super paid and it was all fun and games before that max contract and it's like you know it's just easy no doubt like he's the best player on the team he's gonna return the best value he's you know he's so much like he's so much more valuable than anyone else on the team and then I and I look at that 163 million. And I'm just like, oh, dude, I, I'm actually not sure he's going to return any value on, like, return that value. No, I mean, I think there's a really good chance he doesn't. But, you know, Sacramento obviously didn't really have much of a choice. Um, and, yeah, no, I think there's a really good chance that he isn't that level of player. I think that the max contract situation causes small market teams to pay that money, kind of like you're seeing like a Rudy Gobert situation as well. I think that, you know, that's going to be a bad contract and, you know, worse than the Fox situation, I would say. But small market team kind of just had to pay to keep them around. Um, but, yeah, okay, so, I mean, the the impact that Fox has on the team is going to be the greatest of, of anyone on the roster this season. And 
yeah, I mean, I'm fine with – if last last season we had said a max value, I mean, De'Aaron Fox is more valuable than he was at that point. I think that's fair. I mean, yeah. And I think with the way we've done this is like, you know, a one-year contract. Like in, in, this, in yeah. this hypothetical, it's like how much would you pay him for the next year? And it's as much as you can. Right. Um, and that's – I think that is fair. But I will just say – I have some reservations about doing that for the next five years. Yeah, understandable. Um, the next point guard will be Corey Joseph. This is an interesting one. Um, you know, Joseph is going to fill this backup point guard spot, but I don't I, – I mean, like, I am looking to move on from Joseph if I'm the Sacramento Kings. Um, but, I mean, he's not – worth the 13 he doesn't give you 13 million dollars worth of value as his contract currently is paying him for me it's probably about nine million for Corey joseph eight million yeah i think that's pretty fair i I, i'm gonna say 10 million i think that is high but i was ready for that to be like super high I was ready for that to be a hot take, but I think he's actually a really good player. Um, I've been thinking about this more and more about how, like, he's just really good at things that the Kings don't need, and he's not good at the things they do need. It's just a terrible, monstrous fit, but I feel like he's a good player. I feel like I feel like any contender could really use him, and $10 million wouldn't be, like, terrible for him, honestly, on most – on most teams that, like, are, are really actually trying to win something. Right. And I think that, you know, he's potentially movable at the 13, and uh, that's an overpay, as I've said, but just shows that, I mean, I don't think it's all too far off from what his value is. Um, yeah, potentially movable. Yeah, I think so. I think I think he will be moved. I actually think I'm actually about to submit something for the B for tomorrow, and it's like five predictions on the season. And the first one is that I think Corey Joseph just will be traded. Like, I, I, there's no one on this roster I think is more likely to be traded. Wow, really? Really? Yeah, I, like a B elite. Yeah. So because Corey Joseph can play defense, I think he's automatically more attractive to a contending team. Like, I don't know if, like, the Celtics, for example, would, like, want to hide be at least on defense in closing lineups. Like, maybe there's that concept of kind of an innings eater in the regular season or someone that can just space the floor or whatever. But I feel like Corey Joseph can actually play, you know, high leverage playoff minutes, like important playoff minutes. Like, because, like, we don't, we don't know that anymore. You know, like, we've forgotten that. We will never know. The Kings will never know that. Like, Kings fans will never see that because he doesn't – he's such a good team defender that it doesn't matter. Like, he's so – well, he's just – He's he going to show it. Yeah, he's dependent on a team defense. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's not going to dominate you, and he's not six foot seven or whatever, but he's like a he, – he fits so well in with a good team defense. He makes the right choices. Uh like you, we saw it in Indiana. We saw it on the Spurs. I think if you put him on the Heat or the Sixers or the Celtics, he would fit right in, and that's valuable. Like a guy that's not going to blow that is actually valuable. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there. 
Um, third point guard is Kyle Guy. Are we are, are we doing the two way here? I think that I would pay him more than the two way to yeah. be on the team. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, are, are we doing the value for Guy? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, kick this one off then. I love Kyle Guy. I uh, I'm super high on Kyle Guy. Um, Just I mean, value right now. Yeah, this is like yeah, this is you, you're too late to the Kyle Guy part. I am. If, I am. If, if you haven't already bought in, but you've been high on Kyle. You personally, I mean, I mean, I've been on Kyle Guy for a long. time. Yeah, I definitely do remember the whole Guy versus Jeffries thing, and I was very much on Guy's side there for being an elite shooter. And, I mean, seeing him, I was shocked by – I know he played a lot of point guard in Stockton, but I felt like he actually moved the ball fairly well, especially when he was alongside, like, a Halliburton. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty interested in, in what's going on with Guy right now, but – I mean, there's still a lot to be desired for sure, and he's an absolute negative on the defensive end. Um, I have five million written for him. Hell yes, bro. I'm right there with you. If we could just get Corey Joseph to a contender all day, I'll smash a one-year, five million-dollar contract for Kyle Guy. I'd be so happy. And he's so he is like the inverse of Corey Joseph. Like he is good at the things that the Kings should be good at right now and he's bad at the things that the Kings don't need to be good at like yeah he's bad at team defense like he can't be he could not stay on the floor with the Heat or the Celtics or whatever but like he absolutely can play in a high scoring offense like a tank style like that's great like he's like he'd be an amazing backup point guard on like a tanking team I am right there with you, and that's 100% what Sacramento should be this season. Um, that's all the point guards, right? I'm not I'm not crazy. There's nobody that you could qualify. I mean, do we qualify Buddy Heald as a point guard since it seems like Luke Walton might? No, no I don't think I don't think this year he will. I it I really don't seem like it actually. Yeah, um, I mean, some people will say that about Halliburton that he's a point guard. Right. Uh, some people say that about. Um, Ramsey as well, but I think probably not. I think probably they're more two guards. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so if we're moving to two guards, I think you do start with Buddy Heald. He's going to be the starter this season um, as long as he is on the roster, that is. And, I mean, in regards to the contribution he brings, very likely that he's the leading scorer on this team and is stupidly efficient from three on a high volume and offense is really valuable in this league. Um, I mean, I think this is twenty a twenty million dollar guy. Yeah, for sure it is. Especially if it's a one year deal in this in this hypothetical situation. I think it might be more than that. I was gonna say I almost feel like I'm lowballing a little here. I, I might yeah, I was gonna say twenty five because if it's a I don't want to pay him twenty five for five years, right? Right. But uh, yeah, like this season He's gonna, yeah. He's gonna score so many points. He's gonna, yeah. I don't even want to. I don't know if I want to give away the thing that I'll give it away. Go read the the article if you don't mind to see a full explanation if you're listening to this. But I think that God, this is a hot take. I think he could be an all star this year because he's going to get oh, so many shots. Like he's gonna. I think he's gonna like 
hit 25 points a game, like, without really, like, trying. Yeah. It's just, like, that's how bad this team is going to be and that's how many shots are going to be there for him. That's crazy. So I think he can have the numbers, but the competition in the West is wild. Um, yeah, that is definitely the, the issue. Yeah. Wow. No, um, but I'm with you. I mean, he's going to get a ridiculous amount of shots if, if the pace seems to be returned. And I, I felt like the ball was in his hands less, um, especially adding another playmaker in, in Halliburton. And if, you know, maybe guys running out there as well, like Heald is going to have ridiculous numbers. The numbers last year were impressive um, from the outside, and that was a down season for him. Um, $25 million is fine with me for Heald. Yeah, I think the pace will be up. I think that Luke Walton will get out of his own way and let Buddy Heald be Buddy Heald and do what he's good at. Um, and I think that, you know, with Bogdanovich gone, I'm not. It's not. It doesn't make Buddy Heald a better player, but it's going to add more volume to him. And it's it. You know, a lot of this will be artificial inflation of his numbers, but it's going to be inflation. And yeah, I, I just I could see him scoring 25 points a game, and you're right, he probably still wouldn't make an all-star team because he's not going to, like, win any votes, and he's probably not going to get, like, the coach selection or whatever. I don't even know how the all-star game works. It's so stupid, but it's hard. Like, like you know, 90% of the time, those levels of scores make the all-star game. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like like you said, he's he's going to have the numbers for it for sure, and I think that Halliburton, I'm, I'm slotting into the shooting guard spot, is one of the more interesting guys um, to talk about the value that he's going to have this year. I think that the defense just feels different with him out there as a defensive playmaker that can work off the ball and, and just kind of wreak havoc, and that's something that Sacramento doesn't really have. Um, and, and that also, I think an underrated aspect of that is how easy – um, it leads to these transition opportunities for players that obviously work really well in that scenario. Um, and I think that, uh, I mean, it could be six man on, on this team. And yeah, I don't know. I, I'm talking to myself into what I feel like is a decent number, but I have 15 million for Halliburton. Yeah, no, I think that's reasonable. I, it's tough. I could go anywhere from 10 to 15 like that, like good backup to elite backup range. It's tough. I mean, it's his first year. Like I, I like he's going to be so good the following year and the following year after that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm comfortable just agreeing with you there. Yeah, and then when we talk about these guys at the end, like, I mean, Jemias Ramsey and Justin James are the two others I would slot as shooting guards here. It's it's hard for both of them for me to talk myself out of, like, minimum value from these guys. Say it again. It's Jemias and... And Justin James. Oh, interesting. I don't think Justin's a, a two-guard. Really? Legit, I think he's a legit three, yeah. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just... I mean, he's... I think he's got the size. Uh, he's a little bit, like, skinny, but... I think he's, in terms of the role that he plays, it's usually a defender, and he's a pretty versatile defender. I think you can put him in the middle of a lineup, and he can guard twos. He can guard your smaller fours. You know, I 
I think like his ideal defensive matchup is on a on a three. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that the strength is probably where I have a little bit of hesitation there, but I, I don't mind throwing him out there with that in mind. Um, but you you do agree you have Ramsey as a two. Yeah, for sure. So then what do you feel the value for him is? Because, I mean, while I I love the guy, I, I like the game and the potential upside of him, he's going to be really raw at first and, and, I mean, probably a negative out there. Yeah, minimum makes sense. I mean, we haven't seen anything otherwise. Like, there's, it's, it's, yeah, you, this isn't a Halliburton situation. This isn't uh, a Kyle guy. I mean, I mean, if he went out there and was doing Kyle guy things, I'll give him five million, but he's not, not Kyle guy things yet. No, not there yet. Um, So then if we were sliding down to, Small forwards here. The guy that's going to be starting at small forward, who some might classify as power forward, um, Harrison Barnes. And he's an interesting situation, probably getting paid more than what he he really is worth at this point in his career with 20, $22 million on this year. But, man, like, I mean, I think people work up this contract a little more to sound worse than it really actually is. I don't know how far off he is from that. Um, I said $25 million for healed. I mean, I don't think it's crazy that Barnes is a, a, I mean, a $20 million guy. I agree with you. Um, I completely agree with you. I think that he's a starter. Like, I think that he's a pretty average starter, and I think that's worth $20 million. Um, You know, different teams going to pay different amounts based on their situation but yeah like for the average team I think like a one one year 20 million dollar deal would be awesome for him um I also but on the flip side of that do you think he's a three or a four like because I think he's a four I think he's probably a four I mean I think he can definitely play the three but I, I think he's more fit for a four yeah, I think he's a four, and I think it's gonna it's gonna soon be a problem if he's continued to be played at a three. Is that his his lateral quickness on on threes compared to fours? Yeah, um, it is, and I think it's because there's just so much more value he brings as a four. Like he's he's like kind of quick for a four, and he's kind of slow for a three. Like he definitely is a tweener in that in that regard, but I think he leans to more of a four. Uh, it's just, I think there's a lot of, like, especially just as he gets older and more guys enter the, enter the league, uh, like more draft classes come in, there's a lot of guys that are threes now, or, you know, it's kind of pseudo three ball, uh, three guard lineups. And it's like, he's not going to be able to guard those dudes. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and I think that, you know, you see an okay amount of him. At the four, um, the roster currently constructed isn't the most favorable to him getting those minutes, though, with the three. I don't know. I, I guess having interesting depth, but definitely a fall off after Barnes since he seems to be the starting guy there. Yeah, I think from a true small forward perspective, I I think that uh, – Glenn Robinson and Daquan Jeffries are the only true small forwards. And then, like, Justin James is maybe a, a 2.5, and Barnes is maybe a 3.5, something like that. 
And then Woodard's got to be in the convo, I feel like. Yeah. Woodard, yeah, I think that's fair. I was going to say like 3.5 for him yeah. as well, but um, we, we haven't really seen enough, I guess. He's young enough to play the three. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Jeffries here. Um, I think that Jeffries is, is worth more than Guy, um, but not too much more. Um, I had Guy sitting at $5 million. I think, you know, Jeffries obviously had a very promising bubble in, in defense at that size, um, has a lot of value to it, and I think there's a path to him being a contributor on the offensive end as well. Um, I'm going $8 million for Dequan Jeffries right now. Wow, okay. That feels high to me. Really? To be honest with you, yeah. Okay. Um, hmm, that's interesting. I think, like, I'm, I was going to say five, and that's uh, – I, I just – I felt like it, it has to be higher than Guy. Yeah, that's interesting because we've done this where we have had, like, real discussions and debates and arguments over – one being better than the other, but I'm getting back to the place where I think they're, like, kind of just different, but the same. Like, they're kind of – this is a weird way to put it, but, like, they're kind of like the Jemias Ramsey and Robert Woodard of second-year players. <laughs> like, one's just a shooter and one's, like, everything but a shooter. Fair enough. Uh, I, can, I can get with you there, actually. Um, I don't know, like – he, Daquan's shot is not great. Like everything else is great, but he's still got to come around in that area. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Let me. Okay. I I like Daquan a little better. Let me go six million for Daquan and five for for guy. Yeah, I mean, because I I don't think they're that far off, and I think that you're right about that. They just provide different things, but I think that Daquan's skill set. I think I just buy the ceiling a bit more um, simply because of the size and, like, Kai's all, Kyle Guy's always going to be a negative on defense. Oh, I definitely buy the ceiling. Like, if this was a team that wanted to win games, there's no question, like, Dequan Jeffers is twice as valuable, three times as valuable, maybe, like, infinitely more valuable. But if I'm just doing a tank job here and just, I don't know, I want someone that can – can score like Taquan might actually stop this team from scoring if he's featured too much. Yeah. So, so you're gonna... very different players. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you feel uh, it's about the same as Guy. You have it at five here. I do feel like it's about the same. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I see where you're coming from. It's just about like the situation and the role that they're put in. But like, if I'm the I don't know if I'm just if I'm a team that needs a wing and someone to play defense and like to have zero usage. Give me Jeffries all day, every day, and and generally that's what you want. You want to be a team that wants good winning players, but we're just not right now. I mean, I'm I don't care. Like, definitely, you can go higher on Jeffries, and I understand it, but. It's just, I think it's probably, for me, like, I personally would rather see more Kyle Guy, I think, this season for the Kings. Twenty twenty has complicated most things in the world, including making hires. 
It's reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is crucial and Indeed is here to help. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. It's the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. Helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike these other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. No long-term contracts. Now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. I don't know. I'm very interested in in what Jeffries is able to keep up from that bubbles bubble performance. I think that there's ways that he works on the offensive end with uh, smart cutting and utilizing the decent athleticism that he's working with. Um, obviously, the shot is going to have to come around, but I think you're right. I, I had him a little too high. Like he shouldn't be anywhere near like double the amount of guy, but I, I do value him a bit more, and I think he'll have. Hmm. He might just be too high on guy. Like, like maybe Daquan's more of a five million dollar guy, and guy's more of like a two. You and a half might not be wrong. Yeah. 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 Um, it's fine. I, I don't. I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, I don't think anyone's gonna give Daquan eight million, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. No, I mean, yeah, I, I've kind of written down agreed numbers that we have for most of them, and I'm fine with going five on both of those guys. I'm cool either way. Uh, anywhere between like two and a half to seven and a half for yeah for either one of them. <laughs> like mad at right. So quite the range, but I'm with you. Oh, uh, it's just like what would you pay for like any young player with any upside for the Kings? Like I pay a lot actually. Right. Um, and then you know there's this other case of the I'd give uh, Harry Giles a max deal right now. <laughs> give me that right. contract. And then, yeah, there's the other side of paying these uh, a bit of older guys. And what do you yeah, – how do you approach the, the Glenn Robinson situation? Yeah, I think that he's like a $5 million guy. Um, and I could see it creeping up closer to eight for him on a good team. Again, I just think – I think I have to, like, divide that. Where, like, I like, actively don't want the Kings to be good. I actively want them to be young. I actively want them to be developing up-and-coming talent and prioritizing Daquan Jeffries over Glenn Robinson. But I also see that, like, in a in a vacuum, Glenn Robinson probably deserves a better contract, got more experience, better shooter, you know. Right. And, but I mean, from, <clears throat> excuse me, from Sacramento's point of view, I mean, I don't know how much I'm paying to, keep him on the roster if that's what we were saying you know um 
since the value should be placed in getting developmental minutes for young guys right now. But, I, I mean, yeah. yeah, I have $8 million here also because that's the number I had for Daquan, and I didn't feel like he could be lower than that. Yeah, that's fair because I, I probably also would – well, he's a small forward, though, and the Kings just don't have those guys and have never had those guys. So, yeah, I, I'd give him $5 million. Like, I was going to say that I would just let him walk if it really came to that. But mm-hmm. I, I, would. I would. I would give him – well, this is more of an exercise of, like, how – what value will they give the Kings rather than, you know, what should the Kings give them. But I think he'll – you know, I think he'll give them, like, I think it'll give them better than a minimum value type of guy. I, I do too, and partially because they just need some depth on the wing, like like you're saying. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and then you know if we wanted to throw, or actually we'll we'll throw Justin James in here as well. Um, man, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have him in the same Kyle guy, Daquan Jeffries tier. You're gonna have to talk me up from like two million. No, that's fine. I was going to say two and a half, and I, I'm good with that. I think that realistically, I think, yeah, you put him on that Ramsey level for now. Um, He's still got stuff to prove. I think we probably made a mistake by saying Kyle Guy is above that level. I think you put Guy, Ramsey, James, and that like two and a half million type of yeah. area. And then give Daquan and, and Robinson five because they're more of a scarce position. I think that's probably fine by me. Um, yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, and then, you know, Woodard's situation, I mean, he's probably in that same group at this point being a rookie year, right? Yeah, for sure. Second-round pick, rookie year. Yeah, $2.5 million is, is that's good value for that. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, the – who else am I missing here? No, I think that's it. And then we move on to power forwards here. Yeah, power forwards. So let's see here. We got Bielitsa. So since we're not doing Barnes as a power forward, we got Bielitsa, Parker, and Bagley. Probably got to start with. I mean, do you want to do Bagley as a power forward? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I think that he's starting at the four. Um, so we should put him here. And he's the more tricky number. Um here. So, I mean, I think that he contributes less than than Heal does this year. Man, like when it comes to genuinely impacting games like winning, yeah. it, it's not I mean, it's not Halliburton. It, even rookie year, holy, that's so bad. Um yeah. Like man, I, I don't know. I'll put him at Halliburton. Like ten million. ten million, man. This yeah. feels so bad. But I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I I don't think that he impacts winning games as much as Halliburton does in absolutely. Year. So that is such yeah. a sad statement. I'm just I'm uh I'm like so out on Marvin Bagley. I hate to say it, man. I'm like I'm just so far out. Like I couldn't be more out. I I really don't think that he's <laughs> I don't think that he's gonna be a meaningfully good basketball player like ever. I don't I don't. Yeah. 
And, I mean, certainly not this year. If we're oh, talking God, about this no. year's value, like, I mean, you're right. No, I don't think he ever will be. I'll just, who cares? This is a podcast. No one listens to it. I think he's, like, really not good at basketball, like, on, on like, an NBA level. Like, I think he's Jabari Parker. Yeah. I think, I think he is literally Jabari Parker. He's just, it's going to take, you know, he's a few years behind on the timeline. But, like, I think they honestly, I think they end up, even though it was the right decision to pick up his next year's option, I think that ends up being like, this isn't a great deal at ten million. Man, you know, so I'm with you on the ten million for this year's value, um, and I'm very scared that he is Jabari Barker. Um, I- I'm holding out hope, and yeah, I don't know. Just gonna really try to see him in in the open court as much as possible because if I have to just keep watching shooting jump hooks um, on the low post, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. Man, yeah. Um, I, I don't think that all too many people are very far if they haven't already reached the point that you're at with Bagley, though. I'm, I, yeah, no, I'm off the deep end for sure, and I get it. Like, if you hear this and you hate me, like you're absolutely right to do so. I'm a piece of garbage. My opinion doesn't matter. I'm a hater. All these things are true. I just, I don't I'm have not it a piece in of me. garbage, Rich. Calm down. I don't have it in me anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't have it in me to like be hopeful about this dude. And it's the thing is like he's very young, and whatever, and he scores a lot of points and gets rebounds. But like, I don't think I've ever seen him like make a play where I'm like, oh, that was a smart basketball play, or that was an unselfish basketball play, or he looks like he can contribute to a positive, like winning system. Like he's such a black hole and even like people were saying in the pieces oh look he's he passed like he's passing more like I'm not seeing that I, I'm personally I didn't really see that I I think he like really puts his head down and he should be called for more charges than he was I think there was some pretty kind preseason moments where he was just tr- like he just would get the get the get the ball and see red and like just charge into the basket and it's like yeah. this is not how you play basketball like like I get it he's been hurt but that's not good he can't stay healthy and it's not his fault he got COVID or you know anything like that not his fault that his foot things have happened not his fault that his thumb got broken like none of this is his fault it's just it's just I don't it's like the signs are all very not good yeah and it's more the stuff on court like I, it's not even the injuries for me. It's 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 not even the lack of ability. It's 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 that like when he is available, I'm like, oh, this is just not a good basketball player, not a, like a modern basketball player. Like this is like he would be so good in the '90s, right. and it's not that anymore. Right. There's, I mean, it's the ridiculous physical tools that I think that you have to kind of buy sell yourself on and just be like, well, if he is able to you know, not tunnel vision horribly or develop a passable or respectable three-point shot. Um, But, I mean, there's there's a lot of ifs, and, you know, probably two of five different possible situations need to work out for him to really be able to utilize this athleticism in a way that I think some fans are still kind of holding out hope on. 
Yeah, and the athleticism is like the best case scenario is he's kind of like a Willie Collie Stein, right? Like this crazy rim runner who's whatever, like the fastest I mean, center in the league. Wow. I don't know about that one. I'm just like what is the The idea that Bagley could create for himself a bit. I have never seen that. I've straight up never seen it. I don't know, like I've never seen it. I, I understand like he can get the ball in the post and like, you know, turn around jumper with one hand or turn around hook with, you know, always the same hand and it's so predictable. It's so predictable. It is. He does this, yeah, he does this jump hook every time. Every yeah. time. It's not that's not creation. Yeah. Like feeding him in the post and then him doing the same move is that's not self creation. That's no, a post you're that's right. a post possession and it's garbage, dude. It's not you're right. Not yeah. good. Like, the thing is, like, so, okay, for him to be really good, there's only one path, and it's to be a center, a stretch five. That's the only path that he that his shot continues to develop, and he can hit it at, like, you know, 33 to 35%, which is good for a center on decent volume. That's good. And so, like, that, if you are a stretch five who is, like, a, a Willie Cauley-Stein level of athlete slash rim runner with – you know, let's say, um, uh, like, what we hoped Deadman would be from, from deep, like that, like, not a, not a Brook Lopez, but, like, you know, 35% shooter on moderate volume, plus, like, average interior defense. Like, that's the path right there is, like, right. and there's plus so shooting. much that needs to go right for that. That's at least that's to me that's that's reasonable. Like that's a reasonable outcome. But he has to be played at the five, and that's probably not going to happen this year. Right. Um, that's like an athletic, stretchy, like you know, average defensive five. Like that's a valuable player. It's ten, ten to maybe twelve million dollars. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I'm fine with with throwing ten million on Bagley for this season. Um, I'm with you and definitely going to need to see a lot from him uh, going into this year, and hopefully he's in good health to get the opportunity to to show a bit of an expanded game. Um, The next power forward I have on this list is Nemanja Bialica, who I think at his current, you know, $7 million is is an extremely tradable deal. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go 10 million for Bielita here as well. I, I think that the spacing that he provides at his size is is really valuable, and you know we saw that a lot. Uh, the, I mean, both of the seasons that he spent on Sacramento's roster. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go seven and a half million dollars. I think that he is like I, I kind of put that argument forward for why I think Corey Joseph's actually a more valuable player than him. Um, I'm going to hold to that in terms of my valuation here. And I just think he's cooked defensively. Like I, like we saw it in the bubble. Like he just gets absolutely targeted, attacked. Like I so you know whenever you know switch hunted. Like anytime someone wants to self create and they can get uh, Bailey to switched on to them, they they take that and they do it and they just get buckets. And like I think that that will never end. Whereas at that point where it's like it's so obvious that's how you attack this team when he's on the floor, um, and I think it, his athleticism has gotten so bad at least like in the preseason in the bubble, I, I'm very worried it will never recover. 
that's interesting. I see where you're coming from. Um, yeah, I mean, same conversation, like you said, that we kind of had a little bit at the start with, with Kojo. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get targeted out there, but I think there are some teams that still could really use that. Um, it, it's probably a bit more of outliers that you're looking at when you're talking about, uh, like, I, I mean, I definitely think of Boston that is a defensive-focused team but just has a desperate need for, for people that are able to score the ball. Like, Philadelphia was in that situation last year. So I think there are situations where, you know, if he was on a $10 million deal, he'd still be movable, um, and that's kind of why I put him on that number. Would the Heat trade My- Myers Leonard for him? Um, that's interesting. Just thinking that he he's a guy that kind of like gave ten million dollars to for no reason, right? And uh, I mean, I think so, right? I mean, like he's he's a better player, right? I mean, he's a better shooter, clearly. But the question is like. Does the size that Leonard have, even though he's not a good defender himself, make him not atrocious on that end of the floor compared to Bielitsa? Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if, like, he could almost survive better in his zone as well. Just, like, yeah. not having to man up, like, an actual good defender if he, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's a I would... smart guy. He's a, he's a high IQ guy. yeah. I, I would probably – I mean, I would prefer Bielitsa between the two. I think that he's, like, worth – like, the contract he's on now is good, solid. Uh, I do think someone might want it, but I also think that it's a good chance that no one does. And it, we, They're really – the Kings really missed the opportunity to trade him last season when he had that non-guaranteed year coming up, too, which could have been used for various trades, like – and he, yeah, I just, I think there's a chance that he just fades away at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would think that you could at least pull like a second in return for him um, come the deadline. Not so sure about Jabari Parker, though, let me tell you. Yeah, no, he's, um, I would not like to give him the minimum contract. <laughs> Is that an option here? I'm good with that. He, he I'm turned. cool with zero. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Sorry, Omer. Um, yeah, we're we're cutting Jabari. Is that the way we're going here? The old can't, the old Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. <laughs> fine by me. Fine by me. And then uh, if we move on to centers, uh, Rashawn Holmes to start. Starting center. Um, it's a tough one. It's a good one. It's a it, tough one. It is. Um, yeah, like I said, starting center. But man contractual value of a starting center is is not great in the NBA at its current moment. And, uh, yeah, I mean, saw him, saw him acquired for a really low value. And, yeah, I mean, I think that it's hard to account. Like, I mean, he's just so clearly the best center on this roster too. And does that make him more valuable? Probably, right? I mean, like, uh, so, hmm. it's – I'm going with $12 million, I think. And, and part of it is because he is the clearly best player on this – the best center on this roster, sorry, and going to be, like, the defensive anchor. Even if he's not an amazing defender himself, he's a lot better than the other options. Um, and I think that 
you know, there were moments that we said he felt like the MVP of the team last year. Um, but with him being a center, I got to keep the number a little low here. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Uh, I'm gonna go with that twelve. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, yeah, it's really hard. I so I almost don't want to pay a center anything. Uh, what do you think about his shot right now? I mean, I guess like it's yeah. not getting worked into this. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you that much for free. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how it's. Yeah, I have trouble going over ten million. Yeah, I mean, well, like he, like, like I said, like there were times last year he was the best player on the team. You know, that's true. Like, it sucks that that's your center, and it's this guy that honestly is not an amazing NBA player or anything. Like, I love Holmes, don't get me wrong, but. What would he have gotten if he were a free agent this this year? Like, what would would Detroit have paid him to be another big man on the roster? Right, like, I don't know, is he getting $7 million? Like, no. That feels low. I mean, didn't Plumlee get, like, 15 per or something? I don't even know what Bumble got. Is it really? I, I know Tristan Thompson got nine. Um, Jeremy Grant, like, something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, let me, We're both Googling this. Yeah, I'm definitely checking out the Plumley one. Uh, three years, 24. Um, so okay. about eight. Okay, well, that's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, about $8 million a year, which is probably about Holmes money, right? I mean, I would give it to Holmes over Plumley probably. How much better is he than Plumlee? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be better? honest with you. I don't know how much Mason Plumlee I've really seen. Um, he's he's played some good <laughs> minutes in Denver. Yeah. And, I mean, that's something better on the resume than the teams that Holmes is working with. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how much of a difference it is between them. Yeah, I'm I'm good at going anywhere between like ten and fifteen here. Okay, I'm gonna stick with my twelve here. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, and then and then uh, you know, for the main event, Hassan Whiteside. I really don't know what to do with this either. Honestly, it's how many blocks did he have in that one game? Did he have like four blocks? You know, it's just. Oh, I just knew that people were going to get so excited about him. Would you rather the Kings cut Whiteside or uh, Chimizu Metu? I, I mean, Whiteside. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I just – I mean, the only argument for keeping Whiteside would be that if you think he's going to get you value at the deadline. But, I mean, I just don't feel good about that being the case. Yeah, and I mean, or if you're trying to win games, like, I guess. I, I, I guess. He'll, he'll, he will, he will contribute more wins than Chimizu Metu. You're right. You're right. It, it would be more than Metu. Yeah. I don't know, like two, two and a half million. I, like, I'm not really a. Yeah. Minimum. That's fine. Yeah, let's just do that. But I, like, I don't know if I really want that. Even like, if I could, if I could. I think it would be smarter if the Kings just cut him. Um, I don't want to be. Yeah, no, I do. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna put him in the Jabari Parker category here. I think that's fine. I, I mean, like, 
yeah, Whiteside doesn't make a difference to me. You needed somebody to fill minutes on this roster, and, and that's really all he is to me. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Um, yeah, like, would you, if you had to, like, lose one of Cal Guy or Hassan Whiteside, it's Whiteside, right? Yes, there's no question. Yeah, it, I mean, like, even, like, Justin James, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, then, yeah. Yeah, zero uh, dollars. That's fine by me, and then if we're talking Meadow, I mean, minimum. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I yeah, like, zero dollars. Like, I would just cut them. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just, I think that you could probably find, I mean, like, you don't, yeah. At that point, you got 14 players in the roster. It's fine. Like, play back we get five. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I think we got through them all. Um, and, you know, the the only people that I had, uh, that I have written here, 20 million or more, is Fox, Heald, and Barnes. Yeah, I think the, if we're going off those values, Kind of ranked them Fox, Heald, Barnes, I think Halliburton third or fourth, and then Holmes fifth. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. That's what that I should be our starting five anyway. So. And then and then yeah, not too far behind. I have Bagley, uh, Bialitsa, and then tier after that has Corey Joseph, and then you kind of reach all the young guys. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Yeah, um, and real chance, you know, Heald gets moved on from, and, and hopefully he does have that sort of value and people feel all right about his contract moving forward. Um, yeah, I mean, going to be running out a lot of guys that are probably not going to be the most impactful when it comes to winning games this season. Fine by me. All right, how many wins does this uh, team get? This is the last podcast we're doing before the uh, opening opening game on Wednesday. Um, and then, I don't know, we're maybe we'll have to do a recap of that before Christmas. But it's weird. I was just going to say it's weird doing this on Christmas. I'm trying to, trying to enjoy the holiday, but going to have to cover this team a little bit. Um, yeah. Real quick before we do that, uh, actually, I'll get, I'll, I'll save it. How many wins? How many wins? Yeah, so last year they actually ended up playing 72 games, and they went 31 and 41. I think the team's worse than last year. Um, I have them at 13th in the Western Conference, only worse, only better, sorry, than the Oklahoma City Thunder, 
and the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I think they totally could be 14th. I'm going with 26 wins. Nice. Oh, Jesus. Just punched the mic really hard. <laughs> You're good. Um, uh, over-under is, tw- is 27 and a half, which is oh, okay. decent. Um, and I'm taking the over. I think this team, I'm going to go with a nice round number of 30 wins. Okay. I think this is not as good of a team as last year, but they're, like Fox was out a lot. Bagley was out a lot, even though I don't know if he's going to help the Kings win. You know, I don't know. I, I think for the most part it's the same team with uh, without Bogey and with Fox for more of the year. Like, that's the only thing that, the things that really matter. And I also think there's more teams that are going to be aware of – what it comes down to for me is I think the, the Kings never tank and even when they're supposed to, when everyone else is tanking, you see it every year. Like the Kings win more games at the end of the season uh, to these teams that don't want to win. And, like, they'll be playing, like, you know, Walt Lemon Jr. and Chris Jones <laughs> or whatever. Like, but they'll be starting their best players. I think that's what's going to end up happening. There's going to be a lot of, like, capitulation and resting this season. And the Kings and Luke Walton, for the sake of his job, is going to try to win every game. And they'll just kind of accidentally do that. Yeah. Uh, do you think this team is the ones that I feel like we're close with if you had to rank San Antonio, Minnesota, and Sacramento this season? How do you feel like they finish? I think that they're functionally worse than every team in the West other than the Thunder. But I think, like, the smart teams, like I think the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves and even the Spurs, if it comes down to it, will intentionally tank when the Kings won't. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, could definitely see that happening. I'm, I'm holding out for, for a top five and bottom two in the West. Do you think they'll get a top five pick? Because even in the – so just to break it down in the Action Network, their odds uh, had the Kings 27.5 wins and the sixth worst team overall. So just outside of the top five pick. Yeah, I mean, I think I have them as the fifth worst. I have them as sixth worst team as well, actually, because I have them. Yeah, I have three teams in the East worse than them, um, and then I have them as third worst in the West. So, yeah, I mean, I I think they're right around that. And with lottery odds, I mean, it's. I mean, they definitely. I, I think there's a really good chance that they are a top five pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I think they'll manage to not do it. Um, I think 538's projections have them as, like, the ninth best team. I mean, the ninth pick. Like, they'll, they'll end up as the ninth worst team. Mm-hmm. I, it's in that range. Like, the Kings, this, this is where they live. So, and that's fine. It'll be a fun season-ish, and it's fine. I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited for the season. But uh, I'm more excited for the holiday season. Tell me, what are your favorite Christmas movies, Brendan? Oh, gosh. Favorite Christmas movies. Well, Elf is the first one that comes to mind. Um, you know, just classic Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I'm not the biggest movie guy. I mean, Home Alone. You, you don't know. like movies? No, I'm I'm okay with movies. I just don't like – I don't watch 
very many things. Like, I don't watch that much Netflix. I don't watch too many movies. What do you, like, do? I know you don't eat. <laughs> you don't You don't like food. You don't like movies. Yeah. I do play video games. Okay. And just watch basketball. Favorite Christmas. And I watch YouTube videos video if I'm watching things. Favorite Christmas video game? <laughs> Uh, no, I got nothing. Yeah, no, my movies, though, like, the one is for sure Elf. That That's probably, if I had a go-to Christmas movie, it would be Elf. What yeah. do I, what needs to be on my list? So I just watched one that's, like, not good, but it's trying to be, like, an Elf type of movie where it's, it's trying to be very funny, and it has very good actors. It has uh, Bill Hader, um, Anna Kendrick is the main character who I think is very funny and they're both very good, very funny like actors in general, but this is not a good movie. But the reason <laughs> I, I reason I mentioned it, it's called Noel. Okay. Um and the reason I mention it is like it is bizarre how telegraphed that it, it like it's taking place in Phoenix. And like it is like you see it it's it's all other sports teams too. Like when <laughs> I can't even when they, it's like there's a sleigh that flies into Phoenix, and it's like flying right at like whatever Arizona Sunbank Stadium or whatever. Like it's flying like at the Cardinals Stadium, yeah. and then like you watch like an extended clip of a Suns game, and then like every character is wearing like Arizona State T-shirts. It, it it's it's fucking bizarre. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and what is the name of this one? Noel. Noel. It's on Disney Plus. All right, and and you are not recommending this one. I would I would watch it just to see like count. Uh, it's a just do a drinking game where every time someone says the word Phoenix, or you see <laughs> the word Phoenix prominently displayed on TV, or yeah. you're watching a Phoenix Suns game during the movie, take a shot. All right. Well, there you go. Um. Yeah, man. Are you? Are, I mean, are are do you like Christmas in general? Like, is you know, I feel like a lot of people like Christmas is like their favorite holidays. Are you in that camp or? I love Christmas. I can't get enough Christmas. I I watch Christmas movies like I watch Christmas movies in any time of year. It's a wonderful holiday. Uh, last night, stayed up late night wrapping gifts for my wife. I will stay up again tonight. Got another shipment in here from Amazon. There you Contact go. free. Supporting uh, these corporate, our corporate overlord, or overlords, <laughs> wrapping gifts all night. Uh, it's a great holiday, man. Like I, I, I'm more of a Thanksgiving guy because I really like food. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's I don't know how people don't love Christmas. It's like so magical and so cozy, and the, you know, yeah, you know, we stole this from the pagans. You know, here's the real <laughs> holiday. Tomorrow is uh, winter solstice for all you hippies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Christmas is great. Let me tell you, though, weather-wise, it is freaking cold here, man. I don't know if it's like a 10-degree difference from what I'm used to in San Jose, but there's like a chill at nights in the mornings that is, is different. This is my first, like, winter here, and it is notably colder. You know, I think that's why I like Christmas so much. I love cold weather so much. I like I can't like function above seventy degrees. Um, really? Yeah, not at all. Like 
I want to I want to move to Alaska. I I love like I whenever it's cold uh, like tonight like after this podcast right now I'm gonna go out for a walk. I love it. I love feeling like my ears kind of numb and my nose numb. You are the most interesting person, Rich. The cold, cold weather is awesome. I like it dark. I like it cold. I like it dark. Um, and you know that like so Christmas, uh, it's all about that. Like it's all about the darkness. It's all about the the night of winter and and the coldness and the scarcity of resources. That's what the uh, Christmas tree is about. It's an evergreen tree, and so it symbolizes, you know, like that. There's you know. You know, even in the darkest of winter months, there's a fire. There's community gathering around this symbol of, uh, you know, nature persevering. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, the Grinch, classic, classic. classic. <laughs> I just somehow missed that one. Somehow. The Santa Claus, one, two, and three. The, you are the correct. Later, yes. The later films. <laughs> yes. Don't you have a whole thread of Christmas movies going on right now, actually? I do, I do, I do. Keep that, keep keep a lock to that. Yeah, I got to bookmark this. I, I really, I haven't brushed up. I wasn't prepped. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you some text. Maybe we, I'll, I'll recommend one for you to watch. And we can review it on, uh, on the next one. There we go. Sounds good. Um, well, yeah, thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, rate, and review. Definitely go check out the great work being done at the King's Herald and support the Patreon there to support local independent King's coverage. And you'll hear from us again here at the King's Pulse Podcast in a couple of days.